Welcome to the NDIS Property Australia podcast. Before starting this episode, we need to provide a general disclaimer. Information contained in this podcast is general in nature only. It does not take into account the objectives, financial situation, or needs of any particular person. You need to consider your financial situation and needs before making any decisions based on the information in this podcast. And you should consider seeking independent and professional advice for your personal circumstances. All right, let's begin. Today's um, podcast is number 22. The topic is uh, diversification. And we have a guest speaker here today, uh, Rob Maxwell, who's on the episode four last time when we were down in Melbourne. And here we are today in Melbourne again for the Melbourne Disability Expo. Uh, we're here with Rob uh, from Plan for Life Australia, who also is um, Homes One, I think. Yeah, Rob, you want to introduce yes, yourself, correct. please? Yes, thanks, man. Glad, glad to be here. Um, yeah, so I uh, help obviously with the SDA side uh, of the, acquisitions, the, yeah. the business and acquisitions, and also sales as well. Uh, but my background as well is as a financial advisor and and uh, capital raiser, so I've got a lot of understanding of the overall world markets and, and different investment options mm. that people can look at uh, and assess. Yeah. And today's episode uh, is all about diversification. So why would people invest in SDA? And I guess that it begs the question, well, what, what is there to invest in at the moment in the world order before even considering uh, property or even NDIS property? So, Rob, what's your feedback in today's world in 2022? With all that's happening geopolitically and 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 cash and bonds and shares and property and gold and Bitcoin and all those things out there, what's the world looking like to you? And to what should people be aware of and, and watch out for at the moment in the world? Yeah, well, there's a lot of uncertainty at the minute with uh, the world economy, with pretty much all countries around the world, whether it's the United States, Europe, Japan, Australia. So uncertainty means that people are unsure what to do going forward. And the, and the big issue is, is ever since the GFC in 2008, which people will most likely remember, in order to solve the issues around that, governments around the world for the last 14 years have had to print a lot of money and borrow a lot of money. Mm. And that hasn't stopped. That's continued every year for the last 14 years. And then with COVID coming in mm. two years ago. Yep which then also caused uh, a lot of uh, disruption in the world economies and the supply chains and everyday businesses, the governments have, have had to print even more money as handouts for their populations. So what that, that is now resulting in is that inflation has come back for the first time in 40 years since the 1970s mm. and that everything is skyrocketing. All, you, all your listeners will know when they go down to the supermarket Everything's 10, 20, 30% dearer than it was 12 to 18 months ago. Petrol's gone through the roof. By about 30, 40. 20 or 30%. Yeah, it's come yeah. down a bit in the last week or so, but that, that's gone up. Electricity bills, gas bills, housing costs, rental. Yes. Uh, to rent a property now in Australia, I was just reading the other day, it's actually gone up 15% minimum mm-hmm. in the last year in rental. Mm. So that's a direct result of a combination of money printing and then, of course, throw on top what's happening in Europe, in the Ukraine with Russia and the war, which is resulting in uh, 
issues around the supply of oil and and gas and also food going forward, fertilisers and grains. Mm. That area of the world is a major supplier of all of those commodities. So that's causing everything to skyrocket as well. So... And why, and why we're bringing this up to our listeners, Robbie, is because all those things with regards to those countries, macro and micro factors, being um, produce, gas, um, funding, that is all coming from an um, economic, macroeconomic point of view. And, this imp- and your one, investors are probably wondering, well, what's it got to do with me? And I guess... If you look at your superannuation fund, there's a Australian portfolio, an international portfolio, or a balanced portfolio, and a high growth portfolio. So you are indirectly investing in the world markets and the Australian economy through these businesses and these these sectors anyway. So we're bringing this up because what is the alternative for investors in the current 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 sorry they were, sorry wait, let me rephrase that in the current climate economically from a domestic and international point of view. And this is where it relates back to the SDA NDS market later on we'll cover again anyway. But this is why it's important for you, for you as investor to understand this because our our clients who are investors, they come back, they come to us and come to anyone else, accountants and, and lawyers and, and financial advisors, where should I put my money? The bank is not paying me much money as a one one percent yield, right? The share market is cyclical and Yeah, it's going up and down because people are fearful at the minute. And by the way, how is the ASX two hundred at the moment? It's around seven thousand four hundred. So, so how have people's portfolios and share share portfolios gone the last twelve months? Uh, in the last twelve months, probably not to five percent. But in the last three to six months, it's been negative. Negative? How much? Probably five to ten percent. Yep, and that's just the Australian market. Correct. What's the international? A little bit market? worse. Yeah, the United States is down ten percent. The yep. the Nasdaq's down even more. If you remember the the uh, tech stocks like Zoom yes. and everything that skyrocketed during mm. COVID, they're all down 60, 70, 80% in the last 12 months. Mm. Tesla's down. Yep. Um, the only ones that aren't are probably Microsoft is doing quite well, mm. but, but most of the big companies are down. And, and the issue is people say, well, okay, well, I'll just leave my money in cash in the bank. But as you mentioned, you can only get 1% on your money in the bank. And the problem is it's actually devaluing every year at the minute by 10 to 15% with inflation. Mm. That's how much you're losing by leaving your money in the bank. So that's not really an option. So you have to put it into some sort of asset. And when inflation is high, the best and safest havens for putting your money are in hard assets. And what I mean by that is land traditionally is the best uh, long-term investment because mm-hmm. it's it's a physical good yes. that's scarce. Mm. So hence property. Now, the advantage the SDA has got over and above that is that it's paying that high income of anywhere from 7 to 10% per annum. Yeah. Which at the minute is, is you just can't get yes. in traditional markets. You can't invest in bonds at the minute and get more than a couple of percent per annum because, as we mentioned, interest rates are going down and bond bond uh, rates are going, going mm-hmm. down because the government can't afford them to get out of control. So mm-hmm. bonds isn't an option. Then you've got gold. And as we said, cryptocurrency. So land is definitely, out of all of those investments, the least risk. Yes. Purely because it's scarce, and it's mm. even scarcer with SDA property. Uh, and 
even though we can't be sure what the property market's going to do, mm. it could go down a little bit, but I personally think it's going to keep going up. Because you're getting that 8 to 10% income per year, you're being shielded with any potential downside. So it's as good as any. Speaking of 8 to 10% 8 to 10% net yield, I remember 15, 20 years ago, the average investor could go, well, I might invest in commercial property as well at, yeah, at yeah. a 7, 8, 9% yield. Correct. Now, in today's market- is Probably it- five or six. And because the the underlying assets are the retail and commercial industrial properties, and they're all affected by COVID and supply chains, and supply chains and the world economy. So going back and to the we, prices have still mm, gone up, exactly. So therefore, the income yields have gone down. And with all those businesses and tenants who are struggling to pay the rent, the yields are not there. Correct. So it's riskier as well. Yes, for commercial and retail and industrial. Because property. you're worrying about whether your tenants are actually going to be able to pay. Mm. For the last twenty years, uh, residential property would have been a four to five percent yield play, as in the past. But in today's market, we're looking at two three percent. In terms of income, yeah. After all the yes. all the fees and costs, three percent as a benchmark minus cost is probably two percent net return. Yeah, definitely in Melbourne and Sydney. Yep. Regional probably a bit higher. Yes. It's still up around four percent. Yes. Uh, but yeah, 2% on your money. So you are relying on capital growth mm. in order to get ahead. So Rob, what's your opinion about SDA and diversification? Is is SDA for everyone? And, and if not, when? And if so, when? Uh, and how does it play with the, the word diversification? Given all these, these assets out there, Bitcoin, gold, commercial, residential, shares and cash, what's your opinion about SDA as a, as a asset class? Well, it's got the underlying property, which owns the underlying land that is scarce. Mm -hmm. So that's always a good thing if you've got time. Remember, this all comes down to time. If you're talking a minimum five-year to 10-year investment Mm -hmm. time horizon, Mm -hmm. then you can't do much better than investing in a property that is attached to SDA where you also get the income down the track. So I would say it's a very good option for a fair proportion of your portfolio for sure, getting the 8 to 10% per annum. And then if you, particularly compared to bonds. How so? Well, bonds, as we mentioned, are only paying probably 2%, theoretically low risk, but then you're getting a very low return. And because of all the money printing that's gone on over the last 10 years by governments around the world, even though we've got inflation and at the minute interest rates are creeping up a little bit, mm-hmm. there's a school of thought that they're not going to go up as nearly as much as people uh, anticipate because governments around the world are so in debt, mm. they can't afford to pay the interest rates, so therefore they've got to keep the interest rate down yeah. artificially, which is what governments for the last 30 years have done. Mm. Look at Japan. Interest rates in Japan have been almost zero for the last 30 years because of all the debt. Uh, and art, and this is now happening in America, and it's also now happening in Australia as well. Speaking so traditional investments yeah. that a financial advisor would have recommended to their clients in the past would have been a majority of money in for a retiree, for instance, or mm-hmm. for someone older, yeah. would have been to have a conservative portfolio mainly in cash, bonds, and a little bit of shares. That portfolio is not going to cut it going forward for the next 10 or 20 years. You need to find more income-producing, hard-asset yes. investments. So 15, 20 years ago, a lot of the retirees or semi-retirees were aware of those annuities, pension income streams from the, the fund managers. Yeah, and they were getting 10% per annum. 
as a, as a diversified yeah portfolio conservative with low portfolio. risk yep and that is no longer sustainable no well now they're probably getting three percent three to four percent on their super fund pensions correct and that three or four percent is actually devalued every year compared to what money's doing it's losing 10 to 15 percent of its value so what are their options if a limited income stream that might be eligible for the age pension as well maybe depending on their uh what's the word asset um what's the terminology with the centrelink they just, just their value of their assets they look at your yeah. assets which are what's the word um do you know what the word Oh, it's been a while since yeah. I've <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Where they look at your your home you live in, plus your investments, plus your cash, plus your super fund, um, to see if you're eligible even for the age pension. Yeah. So there'll be a lot of people out there struggling to survive on the higher cost of living for fuel and food, as you, as you talked about, and a lower income stream from their, their superannuation returns, investments, right? Um, yeah. yeah, so they need a cash flow positive investment that's mm. going to take the stress of any loans they've got yeah. and at the same time provide a, a long-term capital growth play, which the property does. So, Rob, if, if SDA property is a 10 to 12% gross yield and it ends up being an 8 to 10% net yield, for the next 20 years it's got CPI in there and CPI is a 2 to 3% target range, right? Yep. If you add a CPI of 3% to that kind of net yield, what's what's the long-term 10, 15-year outcome from today from that ten, from that uh, income? It's 8 to 10% net yield today. Then what will it be in 15 years from now, 10 years from now with CPI? Well, I think with the way governments operate, and Australia is no different to the United mm-hmm. States, they're, they're probably going to keep the CPI rate around that 3 to 4% per yeah. annum, even yeah. if it isn't really that. Yes. Because they actually change the parameters of what they include in the mm. basket to uh, dictate what the CPI is. So the actual rental income will probably go up by an average of 3 to 4% every year for the next 10 or 15 years, which over that time frame means that in 15 years' time, it'll be double, roughly, what it is now. So therefore, a $800,000 property, which is giving 10% net yield today, 10%, which is- Will be up to 15 to 20% in 20 years' time, eight, based on the purchase price. Yes. So so an 80 grand income really becomes 160 grand income. Correct. Yes. Okay. And because the, because the SD income is so strong, being 100 grand-ish, give or take 20 grand, that 3 4% is quite big. Yes. 4% on 100 is 4 grand a year increase. It's gold, literally, the the uh, income from this, this particular investment. You just cannot get anywhere else. And then on top of that, the NDIA, they, they revise the um, the numbers every year as well, on top of that. Correct. And then the the rental guarantees and the, yes. all of that will go up by CPI at the very yes. least as well. Yes. Yes. So, Rob, in your opinion, there's two, there's two categories here. Who should invest in SDA and who shouldn't invest in SDA? What's your opinion? Anyone who's looking for a positive cash flow income versus traditional property should definitely look at SDA investment. Yes. Uh, anyone who's got a, a time investment horizon of three to five years plus should definitely look at SDA investment because that reduces the risk. Uh, you could even do it as, as an early retiree. Mm. As an income play alternative to having your money in shares, bonds and cash. So it's really applicable to just about everybody as a proportion of their portfolio. Also, another answer I want to add to that list 
is if investors who are property investors who already have a lot of property, a number of property, sorry, who are all neg- negatively geared. Yep. Good way to, to um, even that up and also no land tax, yes. as we know. Yes. And also potentially it improves their situation with borrowing with their um, their bank. Yes. So we've, we've recently found out that SDA as an asset or property does not have land tax applicable to them. So if if you are an investor who has multiple houses or, or properties in in Australia, and we came across someone recently who has 20, 20, 20 mm. houses to his name and 20 houses to his wife's name, the land tax that he was paying just didn't cover. The income he was getting for rent did not cover the land tax on the whole portfolio. So the, advi- the financial advisor who was talking to him uh, is considering, is talking to him about considering uh, converting some of these properties as knockdown rebuilds to be SDA, and that asset being the houses that are NDS applicable would not have any land tax at all. Meanwhile, getting a strong cash flow of ten to twelve percent return per year, very much, uh, very much a, a good strategy right there, Rob. Yeah, it's a very attractive option for mm. him. So, as an investor, you got to take into account land tax issues, funding, lending, uh, location as well, and the type of product as well. So. I guess that's where we want to leave today's uh, today's um, discussion about diversification. Um, SDA is not for everyone, uh, not for everyone, but uh, not for the faint-hearted. Uh, but it's definitely a, a good asset class to consider an asset, which is which is coming uh, coming into its own right as an asset class in Australia, right? Compared to industrial property, residential property, retail and commercial, uh, we're going to see more and more uh, fund managers and sophisticated investors and retail mum and dads investing into the SDA market over the coming few years. So that's all we have to cover, Rob. Any, any last words for uh, advice for anyone looking at um, um, gold, Bitcoin, and <laughs> shares and cash and, and SDA, Rob? Any, any suggestions? Any final words? Oh, just make sure you do your research and have a be comfortable with what your decisions from an investment point of view are. And, uh, yeah, maybe look to diversify amongst a few of those categories just to reduce your risk. Even Bitcoin? Definitely. <laughs> okay. So you, you heard it there, everyone. Pearls of wisdom from Rob. Bitcoin's the way to go. <laughs> Thank you very much. We'll have a good night uh, and uh, we'll uh, get on to our, ne- our next podcast about uh, other things. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please make sure that you are subscribed and following us so that you can keep in the loop with all of our upcoming episodes. We would really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star rating, a written review, and to share this episode with those that can benefit. Until next time, catch you on the next episode.